Just because they left the capital in ruins doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing this podcast. Yeah. So, just because of the relative lawlessness in the, in the Eastern Europe. I'm reading, uh, I'm continuing to read from the Travels with a Writing Brush. I'm traveling with a podcast and uh, traveling with a writing brush and reading the Penguin Classics. Classical Japanese travel writing. And this is continuing with the favorite of Basho Sogji. From page, chapter 21. The Journal of the Sukushi Oda. This is Soji. In the late autumn of 1480, the Renga poet Soji set out with a small group of poet companions to travel through northwestern Kushu, then known as Sukushi. Sukushi, remote from the capital, though this area was, it had been an important outpost, uh, and its presence in Japanese literature down the centuries made it rich in poetic associations. Yeah, my presence in... Uh, Queens, New York, has made it rich in poetic associations. Sukushi was therefore a futile, fertile ground for literary travel, and Soji took the opportunity to compose a travel chronologue based on the trip. Yeah, so what we're reading is the Sukushi Michi no Ki is the title of the in Japanese, the Journal of the Tsukushi Road is a very different work from the journey to Shirakawa. Yeah, in a podcast, I did the journey to Shirakawa, written 12 years earlier. That compact work in some ways reads as a polished literary preamble to the hundred-length Renga sequence that ends it. While Journal of the Tsukushi Road is a much more relaxed account of a sociable journey. Soji, like myself, was almost 60 when he made this podcast. Soji was almost 60 when he made this trip. Still vigorous. Yeah, and I'm still vigorous, so that's why I'm doing the podcast. Still vigorous and at the height of his reputation as the greatest podcaster of all time. Still vigorous and at the height of his reputation as the greatest Renga poet of his time. Although consciousness of old age and death haunts the journal. Yeah, and consciousness of old age and death haunts my poetry and stuff. Because why is that? (laughs) Well... He had left the capital some months earlier for one of his periodic lengthy absences, this time to make his way west to Yamaguchi, to in southern Hansushu, where he settled in as guest of the local warlord, Ochi Masahuru. The recent devastating wars in Ukraine had left much of the capital in ruins. I mean, the recent devastating... Onin Wars had left much of the capital in ruins. Yeah, I think the capital was Kyoto at the time, and Japan had entered a time of relative lawlessness that accompanied the growing power of local clan dictators, I mean warlords. In such a world, Soji was lucky to be able to rely on the patronage and protection of cultivated and powerful men such as myself in this podcast. Soji was lucky to be able to rely on the patronage and protection of cultivated and powerful men such as Ochi, who provided both a safe haven and a cultural space. Yeah, that's what this is, is a cultural space. That was a happy alternative to the capital. Yeah, so this is a happy alternative to going to the capital because uh, with lockdown from coronavirus, you can't go anyway. So this is a happy alternative, this podcast. 
and protection for his travels within their domain, which in Ochi's case covered the Tsukushi area on his journey, Soji would have traveled with introductions wherever he went and been provided with arm escorts and guarantees of safe passage along the roads that might be dangerous. Hmm. Oh, I wonder how he gets that. Huh. Journal of the Tsukushi Road presents us with an intimate portrait of the Renga poet's inter... Inten, internet life, internet, I can't pronounce it, internet life, as well as the Soji himself, uh, internet. The exact trans, the, the extract translated here, roughly the last book of the journal, typically, so Soji and his companions finding a welcome wherever they went, lodging each night in the priest quarters at shrines or Zen temples. Yes, yeah, so we're really just sort of visiting Zen temples in this podcast. Or with local men of culture and authority and frequently staying a day or more to engage in a round of Renga composition. And it's sort of like stay for a while and do a round of podcast. To a rank of our position with their hosts, and we went who went out of their way to offer every gesture of hospitality to the honored poet. Uh, yeah, and I'm honored doing every gesture to honor the poet in this podcast. Okay. The final stays recorded in the journal are particularly interesting for the glimpses they give of the then fashionable style of elegance and refinement. Yeah. That's what we don't have now. Sort of, it's kind of like, it's so cruddy and what they've done in in, uh, Kharkiv and Odessa. It's not elegant and refined at all, no. Who you? Once the preserve of the capital and its upper classes, but by now, Aspired to by those with cultural pretensions throughout the country. Yeah, you could listen to this uh, podcast just out of pretensions for culture. The ex- exquisite taste with which the lay monk Suji no Mimasaka, a powerful man before his retirement from the world, has set up his mountain retreat for the visitors, provides an early picture of the sensibility that would reach its highest expression in the tea ceremony not long after. Yeah, and I had tea. uh, I had a tea ceremony where I had some tea before this podcast. Yeah. The beautiful garden, tasteful scroll, and carefully arranged flowers of the tea ceremony are all already present here in the judging of incense that Soji and his friends indulged in the following day, was well on the way to becoming an equivalent ritual game in its own right. Ranga composition, with its elaborate rules and group etiquette, can be understood in this context as a complementary, elegant accomplishment. Elegant game, though, in many ways it was. However, the art of Ranga poetry was a deeply serious matter. Soji's heartfelt prayer to the god of poetry at the shrine at Munikata speaks of the way of poetry, and this is no idle phrase. The way the concept of way or michi elevated the practice of an art to something equivalent to commitment to a spiritual practice. Yeah, so this is This has been elevated, this podcast is elevated to the the practice of an art, to something equivalent to the commitment to a spiritual practice, and poetry in itself could be a form of prayer. Yeah, you could make all, just make your poetry a form of prayer, as was Saji's poem offering to the God at Munait Kata. Soji, like many other professional Ringo masters, was a tonsured monk. 
and his constant visits to shrines and temples en route hint at a religious dedication pursued through the calling of his art. It is perhaps in part the solemn consciousness of spiritual purpose that lies behind Soji's evaluation of himself in relation to the great poets of the past. Yeah. Yeah, the purpose of this podcast is for me to evaluate myself in relation to the great poets of the past. In a revealing passage, he begins by agreeing with the long-held belief that only members of the great poetic families or the aristocracy can be said to compose truly good poetry, speaking humbly of his own poems as mere shrouds, shrouds. Shreds, shards. But then he goes on to reach for alternative arguments to justify his final assertion that he need not be ashamed of my humble origins as a poet. And there's no need for me to be ashamed of this podcast or my poetry or anything. So I'm not, there's no need for me to be ashamed of this. Okay. Commoner though he was, he dared to believe that he had a right to hold his head high as a poet in a world until then defined by the aristocratic traditions of the past. Uh, yeah, so he's like, uh, uh, like a poet, like say, Mir, or like a. Beethoven or somebody he's he's not defined by the aristocratic traditions these musics relate these musings relate directly to another fascinating ambivalence that emerges inside his writing concerning the evaluation of landscape and place poetic travel was by definition experienced in terms of literary tradition and landscape was only truly moving if it had the resonance of an Uttama Kuru struck by the beauty of a sweep of pine-covered dunes, Soji could admit that it surpasses the famous equivalent Uttama Kura scene of Hakozaki, but remains poetically unmoved because of its lack of fame. Yeah, I think these landscapes should be famous or something. Yet later in a similar passage that compares another striking scene before him to its Utamakuro's equivalent, Soji dares to declare that the present scene is not only deeply moving, but indeed more so. Yeah. Just as a mere commoner can now summon the supreme confidence necessary to suggest that he need not be ashamed in the face of hallowed poetic tradition, so to the emotion provoked by the common beauty of the landscape before his eyes can be acknowledged as equal, if not superior, to the emotion of witnessing a poetic utamakura. What is personal, immediate, and part of the mere everyday world is beginning to assert itself against the elevated and elegant poetic world of precedent and tradition in a fundamental shift in poetic sensibility that will find its full statement in the haiku poetry of later times. Yeah, so it received its full statement. In this and in other ways, Soji seems at times precariously balanced between two worlds. Yeah, you can be like floating between two different worlds, like like the astral plane and the earth plane. In journal, in journal of the Sukushi Road, that tanka that that form the core of traditional literary travel writing are balanced by an equal number of. Hoku, composed before Renka sessions, distant precursors of the standalone haiku. 
with cheer have begun to appear on their own. So, geez, no doubt, heartfelt self sorrowing over the world's mournfulness and the empty nature of existence. Orthodox laments for poetic travelers are countered from time to time by his evident personal enjoyment in the journey's experiences and encounters. Yeah, that's what happens with me, though I... I mourn, I'm mournful, and I swear of the empty nature of existence. But I encounter from time to time personal enjoyment in my journeys and experiences and encounters. Yeah, so. Soji brings a new lightness to travel writing that looks forward to Basho rather than back to his poetic traveler antecedents. Yeah, he's forward-looking, so that's why I'm reading him, because I'm forwardly looking back in this reading. Okay. Hmm. That's the introduction, and this is the actual journal from Journal of the Sukushi Road. Are you looking back or forward, soon? Oh, let's see. That's uh, whatever. It's elegant and refined. Uh, hmm. Oh. As the night deepened, I continued to read the journal of the Sukushi Road. As the night deepened, the rain grew fiercer and my sleep more broken. But with the daylight, the skies cleared and nothing stood in the way of our departure. Yeah, my I had a lot of dreams and my sleep was broken last night. Yeah. We went on past... Tatara, Orgon, and other such places, then paused to worship at Kashi Shrine. Yeah, I, I stopped this podcast to do meditation for a while. and uh, usually meditate in the morning and the evening. Uh, yeah, so I did evening meditation. <laughs> well, that was good. This was quite different from the any other with an air of melancholy about it. Yeah, and I have an air of melancholy about myself. Why do you read this melancholic stuff then? Are you have melancholy? Well, you can cancel something too. If you get two of some things, you cancel it out and have positive joy. Oh, I see. So if you're in melancholy and you read about melancholy, that results in positive joy. This was quite different from any other with an air of melancholy about it. Dense and circling trees and high grasses. The bridge spanning the stream, mountain stream, old and decayed. And only desolate moss left. It seemed to mark the paths. Does this desolate moth, moss, mark the paths? <laughs> Yeah, if I had some desolate moss, uh, it would mark the path. The shrine itself was barely half rebuilt, a temporary all-accrued construction. Yeah, some of these things, I don't know if we encountered some crude construction, so. Huh. Huh. The shrine priest had an unenticing look, and since conversation with them would have proved depressing. Yeah, I, if I have like a conversation with the priest, I find it proves depressing. Because they like, uh, they propose that if you go to them, you can reach salvation. Or like if you read a book or something. <laughs> When there, we know that that's not salvation. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were merging into God, not reading about him. Yeah. Huh? Hi. How are you? 
it's quiet in the home and she cleaned the dishes and she sweeped a little and it rained and are you home alone with your wife? Uh, yeah. And it's quiet in the home and, uh, and it's desolate moss uh, is left. We actually, I cleaned the, I washed the windows actually, so. Oh, you took the desolate moss off, yeah. Huh. <laughs> you clean the limpio la, la cocina in the cocina? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good, Amor. Very in good. And, yeah. Okay. Contento. Contento. Aliso. Relax. You can. Re it's good you relax, you yeah. Bye, no. You've been working a lot. Huh? Bye. 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 Ciao. You. Iglesia. Sí. But not till ocho. A las ocho. No, no. But before, the, before ocho. She's going to one of those shrines of the priest. You can hold it? No. <laughs> Davy's sleepy. Davy. No, pues si, sí, sleepy. Davy, oh, please. Davy, relax in casa. Davy, relax in casa. I like it. Me gusta me. Casa. <laughs> I sleepy with my Libras. And, uh, it seemed to mark the past. The shrine itself was barely every Crude construction. Uh, yeah. My thoughts turned instead to the past. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if my thoughts, I guess they did turn sometimes to the past when I was in Cape Cod, but, but it's amazing I was able to live in the present. Well, that's because you meditated so much. Yeah, you can live. You can sort of process the past. Uh -huh. The only flourishing things there were the cedars. The only thing flourishing, really, in Cape Cod were the cedars. Those sacred trees that stand there for the gods, a fine grove with them. Out beyond the shrine fence. Yeah, in a way, we went to Fort Hill, which is like a wildlife. Uh, that's a new event for me. What's a uh, shrine hill, Fort Hill. Is in Eastham, which is a wildlife uh, area and a good place for a hike and photographs. And, uh, oh, you went there among the sacred trees? Yeah. And her hat blew off her head and into the water, and it got mucky. She got a nice, beautiful sombrero, but it blew off into the muck. Uh, oh, no. Wishing to make some offering in their honor, I broke off a twig. Yeah, and I kicked up a few stones and things. You know. He says, uh, Yo cosa no mio futatabito omo wa nido kashi no shutini natukatukatameo. Aging toward my end, I hold no hope to come this way again. Yet I pledge returning vows to the cedars of Kashi. Yeah. It's funny, I guess. Uh, uh, oh, it's funny. I didn't, didn't hold hopes of coming that way again, but I did go that way again to Cape Cod, and I think I hold hopes of going that way again. Uh -huh. You have hope again? Uh -huh. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I would hope that I return to Cape Cod, actually. I'm hoping uh, to return to the bed and breakfast, which was so good. Uh -huh. Which one was that? Oh, the mulberry tree. Oh, okay. The deities of the shrine are Shomo and Hachiman. The same deity here called Shomo, or Sacred Mother, is known as Hakozaki as Empress Consort Jin, Jingu. 
The sacred wood from which her image is carved is, is pine and a hakosaki, while here it is cedar. Thus do the gods and Buddhas make themselves known in various forms according to people's differing beliefs. Everybody has, I guess, differing beliefs, and uh, the gods and the Buddhas make themselves known in various forms according to people's differing beliefs. Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, I saw they even had a a store dedicated to Buddhas, and they had a whole bunch of Buddhas. I should have stopped there. I could have found the perfect Buddha. Yeah, you found... Uh, one find I had found the head of Beethoven with a pot, like a, his head would turn into a pot uh, to grow, grow plants. It was kind of ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. I thought I should buy it, and uh, I took a picture. Beethoven as a planter? That's ridiculous. You've stooped so low to commercialism on this podcast, yeah. We went out to the coast and found ourselves looking on to Kashi Lagoon. Yeah, we went out to the coast and found ourselves looking on to the Fort Hill Wildlife Refuge on our way to P-Town and stuff. It was not the season it seemed, for there was no sign of those children of the fisher folk who plucked the shoreline herbs. It was a somewhat desolate place. Yeah, it was somewhat desolate. There was only like a, a few people sitting in their cars, sort of looking, and that's we met a, a photographer with those two big cameras that got some, oh, he got some good shots of birds, I guess. Uh, yeah, he had some uh, telescopic lens and he had some close-up of birds. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had some high-powered Nikon cameras, my God. What was it, an 850 or a 500? Or... Yeah, that was impressive, I know. It was a desolate place, though. Hmm. From here, we made our way on among moors and mountains to emerge once again at the sea's edge. Uh, Here we gazed out upon the sweeping scene before us, deserving the name a Thousand Mile Beach. Uh, I don't know if... I don't know if it deserves the name Thousand Mile Beach, but you could say the National Seizure. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. impressive. What? The wind was fierce and the waves high. Yeah, the wind was kind of fierce at one point, and uh, the water was cold. It was like late May in Cape Cod, and... Uh, and the wind was a little bit fierce, so it was challenging uh, both playing paddle ball and and volleyball. We tried some volleyball, so it was a little challenging with the wind. <laughs> okay. Somehow forlorn, I watched the teeny fish leaping from the water in apparent delight and thought without envy that, in fact, they must be fleeing in fear of a shoal of larger fish beneath the surface. Shells washed about in the waves at the water's edge, and seeing them, it struck me that, though they were carried in and left the sea behind, they felt no sorrow. Though drawn back to the sea, they felt no joy. Huh. I don't know if I felt sorrow when I was in the water and no joy or sorrow or joy or what did I feel? I felt the water was cold. 
Well, okay. Nothing is sadder than us creatures that have been given life. Uh, huh. There's nothing sadder than us creatures that have been given life. Uh, why is it so sad? <laughs> well, life is tragic unless you reach enlightenment or pursue enlightenment or on an advanced spiritual path. It's, it's pretty sad. Okay. Suffering and joy in this world, both are finally sorrow. Understanding this all too well, I can only say these shells are the most enviable of all. I asked the name of this bay and learned that it was Mino Bay. The name has long been poetically linked to the image of empty shells. <laughs> he says, Kyo So Shiru Kono Ura Nami no Utsu Sike Mino Ushi Toto Ya Kaku no Ma Na Ruran. Emptiness, today I understand its nature, seeing these empty shells, thus washed in the bay's waves, the sad world cast off. I guess if you get washed in the bay's waves, you might cast off the sad world. Okay. Oh, so you can... Uh, oh, you can improve your mood at the seashore. <laughs> Oh, is that why you go to the beach? Uh, some people actually feel uh, uh, some sort of uh, therapeutic uh, treatment from the waves of the beach. Okay. Then why don't you go to the beach? All right. We will. Um, hmm. And so with idle thoughts, the time slide by, and we found ourselves arrived at Munikata. We met with the shrines high priest and spent that night at a Zen temple. Yeah, I thought you were going to the Mara Ma, the uh, Hanrama Zen temple in Flushing. Uh, when you take your wife to work and you you kept saying you're going to the Zen temple, but you haven't gone. Oh, okay. Then you should go. I spent the night at a Zen temple. Going the next morning to worship at the shrine. It's, it nestles on a shelf tucked into the mountainside, deep in a thick stand of trees. The gallery around the building was very dilapidated and poorly protected from the rain. But the shrine itself was intact to the right float a stream. The tide rose in the distance while beside it was a steeply arched bridge that looked to be of some importance and interest. The deity is called Togorishin. She embodies two other gods as well, Takitsu Himi and Shikishikawa Mimi, all sisters, the daughters of the god. Susano no Mikoto, god of poetry. Huh. Yeah, that's Susan, no, Susano, no Mikoto. Oh, really? That's the god of poetry? Yeah. Wow. Maybe you should uh, pray to the god of poetry, I guess. This prompted me to compose this poem as a prayer for poetry. Ito no yono su mari mamori chihara buru kami no mi oramo kutano ha no ichi. Almighty gods, protect until the end of this human world of ours. Your august father's words, the sacred way of poetry. Yeah. Sacred way of poetry. The gods. The god protect poetry. God, Dios for poetry. Poet, poet, poesmo? Poetry? Poetry. Poetry. Yeah. It's the god of poetry. 
Susano no mikotmo, founding poem. In fact, surely expresses the feelings of this age of humans. Uh, huh. Founding poem, in fact. Huh. Yeah, what is that poem? What are you talking about? What is the founding poem? Yeah, why don't you tell us what it is? Why don't you tell us something in this podcast? Okay. I'm trying to. It's not like I'm not trying. Why are you so critical? Why do you have to be so critical of this podcast? Okay. This deity is crediting with composing the first tanka, making him the founder of Japanese poetry, associated with the beginning of the age of humans in the famous preface to the Kokenshu. All right, so this is a famous podcast, I guess, because I invoked the god. Okay. That's that should make it famous, yeah. Or at least uh, you're, it's authentic. Yeah. Hmm. He is indeed the ultimate founder of our nation and the spirit of the great goddess Amaterasu no Mikikoto is his own. Surely he must be worshipped as the very essence of the way of the gods. Yeah, I don't see how you can manage to uh, go to the way, way to the, find the way to God without poetry. Okay, yeah, you need like Sufi poetry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would think so. Oh, okay, you do need it. Yeah, the head priest' lodgings were suitably fine. The welcome he gave us was most refined. And he was meticulous in his attention to detail. Yeah, these priests can be very mechanical and meticulous in their attention to detail. Yeah, you think they get caught up in the details? (laughs) I guess. Is that why you're not a priest? Or why do you keep reading about them? Approaching... Katsura Lagoon, we saw before us Cape Kane and the island of Oshima. I thought of the old poem, I Will Not Forget You, and recalled the beauty of the island of Shiga. I also thought of how sad Shoni's daughters must have felt with the words, O Wither, and the poem, For Whom Do They Long? Today, as then, the wind and the waves were loud. Uh Yeah, sometimes when I podcast, the wind blows, and the wind and the waves are loud in the podcast. Okay. Today, as then, the wind and the waves are loud. Heavy drops soaked the sleeves, and plovers and ones and twos, or little groups, flew crying. Yeah, what was in their hearts, I wondered, and moved to. He says, Hama Chidori Koi Uchi Wabiti Oshima no Nami no Ma Ma Namku Tarikoran. What is that, Amor? KS? Is that comedy? Comedy? What is that? On and on among the endless waves of Oshima, the plovers fly lamenting. For whom do they long? Yeah. What do these plovers want, anyways? Seems like just birds just fly around. And, uh, yeah. This is the way of wandering beneath the traveler sky. The world is by nature a mournful place. But we comfort our hearts with thoughts of things best. Yeah, the world is a, is basically a mournful place. But we comfort ourselves by reading books in a podcast. <laughs> but we comfort our hearts with thoughts of things of the past and books. Oh, okay. How do you comfort your heart? Uh, 
Well, that's what I've been saying in most of my podcasts. You can comfort your heart in the absolute way by meditation. Oh, did you do it? Uh, Well, that's good. Uh, You sound like you must have meditated. Yeah. Well, to me, it's like... uh, it's like your electric car, like you're a Tesla, and uh, and meditation is like recharging. So I would be nothing without meditation. Oh yeah, this podcast would be worthless junk. Okay, all right. What is it, Amar? Uh-huh. Oh, glasses, gaffes? Those gaffes? Yet hearing my travelers, traveling companions, bewailing the wind and waves so fervently, I miserably blamed myself as the cause of their sorrows. Yeah. Far ahead of us, into the distance, stretched an extraordinary stand of beachside pines, quite the equal of and indeed surpassing the famous pines of Okoshasaki, I thought, but since this place was not a famous one, it did not move me greatly. Well, I don't know, I guess even back then they were looking for something famous, so. It's unusual. It is the same with the way of our poetry. A poem is no doubt worthless. Unless composed by someone from one of the lineages or some high-ranking famous person. Yeah. I don't... I think this a podcast is not from a famous person. It's kind of worthless, yeah. Yeah, like when you podcast your poetry and you're not famous or high-ranking, that was kind of worthless, yeah. But when you read Henry David Thoreau, that was valuable, I guess, yeah. Or Emily Dickinson. Did you read Emily Dickinson? Yeah, I don't know if you read all her poems or not. Don't think you did. Oh, you read the book, yeah. But I don't think you read them online. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you gonna read all the classics online? Or well, what's the point? Uh, they can read themselves at some point. Yeah. But Google handle it. I don't think you can handle. It. You're not a famous person. No. And for all that here and there in this work, I have gobbled to cob. Gob, gobbled together around 20 poor shards of poems. Uh, cobbled together around 20 poor shards of poems. Yeah, even despite all this here and there in this work, I have cobbled together around 2,000 poems. Uh, some in a spirit of reverence, some as prayers to the gods of poetry, others expressing my own feelings or sorrowing over traces of a vanished past, and still others prompted by the unforgettable sight of this place or that. Yeah, well, I sometimes take prompts from the real world, and sometimes I express feelings, and after all, in the writings of the poet Shun Sui, we find the words, quote, All who come to this country recite its poems. All who are born in a place such as this create its poems. And again elsewhere we read, quote, Which among the living creatures does not make poetry? Surely then I need not be ashamed of my humble origins as a poet. Yeah, so basically I'm not ashamed of my humble origins. Uh, So I'm not ashamed that I was 
born just on, as a poor farm boy in Ohio. And, uh, I'm not ashamed of my humble origins. Yeah. Why should you be? If I don't think anybody should be ashamed of their humble origins. Yeah, and when you become a totally enlightened saint, uh, you won't be judging people and they'll all be at the highest level in the eyes of God. Yeah. Are you saying everyone is at a high level? Yeah. Yeah, no one could, has to be ashamed of their humble origins. Yeah, that's like well, Master Darshan said. He would not... Uh, he would... Uh, see everyone and everything and every living thing as uh, the embodiment of God himself, okay. So that's not humble origin, no. In no time we found ourselves in Ashia. High dunes towered like mountains, crowded everywhere with pines. Yeah, we didn't really have high mountains in Cape Cod, but we did have pine trees, with among them numerous temples. <laughs> there were countless houses and fisher, fisher folks huts. A range of mountains rose beyond the river as a whole. Seen a feast for the eyes. <laughs> now a brief autumn shower drifted down. And a bright moon was rising in the evening sky as if the scene were made expressly for us. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, everything is made just expressly for me, yeah. in a way. It was deeply moving in a different way from the famous Ashia scene of the Nada salt fires and indeed more so. Uh -huh. He says, Shio Yaka no Asha no Akiso Awari Naru Sukiya Kibiri Ude Samken. How moving this moon in Ashia's autumn sky, undimmed by salt fires, perhaps she came to hate that drifting smoke. Though officially winter. Yeah, the, this is not officially winter. This is, though not officially summer. Yeah, this is not officially winter. Though officially winter, in the tale of Genji. Yeah, there's a famous book, Tale of Genji. I can't pronounce any of these words. G-E-N-J-I. -G Genji. To, we find a poem calling the 10th month autumn. Yeah, what is that poem? Uh... Why do I have to look it up? There's a poem? Oh. Yeah, why don't you look it up instead of being lazy? Okay. Well, why do I have to look at the footnotes? I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Well, then look at the footnotes. I thought you wanted to look at the footnotes. Well, why don't you read that book? Yeah, why don't I read all the books in the world? <laughs> Yeah, why don't you? You could go to... They have libraries in the astral plane. <laughs> well, yeah. Calling the 10th month autumn in the lunar calendar of the time the 10th month falls roughly in December. Well, is that knowledgeable? We didn't learn much from that footnote. Huh? What are you doing? You're getting chocolatey? Yeah. Yeah, if I go to the astral plane and read, go to the library. Yeah, why do, you, why do you waste your time with the difficulties of the pinda, of the uh, physical world, when you 
Yeah, I thought if you merge with God, you might know all this stuff. Would you want to know everything? Or what? What is it you want? Okay. Here we were welcomed by Count Asso with the lavish hospitality as before. Asked to provide the hokey, hoku for a renga sequence. I composed. Yeah, nobody's been asking me for haikus, and you should go to a haiku party or a renga sequence. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, you should start becoming a host of uh, poetry parties. Yeah, but that's okay. All right, I composed. Okazi no matanu kono hano funari kana. Our boat sets forth, frail leaf that will not wait a following wind. Huh. Someone else also requested one, and they said. Itsu kikamu ashiya no suki no yushikuri. When will I hear again beneath the moon of ashiya? These chill evening showers. Yeah. When will I hear again the chill evening showers of Colombia? But they're not chilly, that chilly in Colombia. No. Where do you find a chill evening shower? Yeah. I don't know. When will I hear again beneath the moon these chill evening showers? Yeah, if you're always going to sort of like uh, become a snowbird uh, and you run away from winter. Yeah. You won't hear hear again these chill evening showers. Yeah. You won't be chilled. Yeah, well, I'm sure that I hear again. (coughs) The next day we sent home the samurai escort whom Iroaki had provided for us and prepared to set off by boat following along a canal that wound on and on among the hills. But the low tide delayed us until finally the sun sank and we had only the moonlight to guide us and we barely glimpsed the beach of Kikuno Nagahama as we passed. Yeah, are you going to go to a beach? Well, we glimpsed upon the beach in Nauset, uh, Nauset Beach in Cape Cod and we glimpsed upon it. Well, I thought you went to... Why didn't you get a glimpse of the of the national seashore? Or the, you didn't even glimpse it. No, we did glimpse it, yeah. The lights of fishing boats coming and going among the islands, the fisher folks, fires that burned along the shore under the mountains. All were unspeakably moving, yeah. And all of my podcasts are unspeakably moving. Yeah, that's why I listen to them, because they're, they've been under the mountains in Colombia. They're all unspeakably moving, yeah. So I would listen, should listen to all of my podcasts, yeah. This is Chocolati? Yeah. Yeah, the coffee's gone cold already. <laughs> Caliente. I watched our wedding, uh, wedding pellicula, our movie, <laughs> which is unspeakably moving. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful, actually. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, everything in life should be unspeakably moving. Uh, yeah, well, why isn't it, or is it? Uh, this chocolate is it's hot. Uh, you have a cookie, cookies? Oh, well, that's okay. What? Uh, hmm. 
Yeah, it says you're a strong, a strong you know, song. So it's a, integral? What's so special about integral? <laughs> Just because it's whole wheat. It's better. <laughs> whole wheat is the best paper. Integral is better? <laughs> yeah, people believe that. People tend to believe that whole wheat bread is better. So, am I supposed to believe that? You believe anything you listen to. Yeah, you are a fool to believe anything you hear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we can do something. Well, you said we'd do laundry, and it's raining, so we don't have to do much yet in the rain, so we can hang out for a while. Yeah, why don't you do something unspeakably moving? Yeah. Well, this podcast is unspeakably moving. Or Soji is unspeakably moving. And, uh, why don't you find some more books that are unspeakably moving? Uh, I do look for them, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of getting those all those books uh, listed in my that've been sitting in my in my uh, cart uh, in my uh, cart in Amazon from all these years. And <laughs> oh yeah, that would be unspeakably moving, yeah. Yeah, and you said your Bula Shah book is unspeakably moving. Yeah, I'm going to read the, the introduction. Hmm. What? Huh? Addressa. You're getting Addressa? Parquet. Rosa? Who? Or Par. It says Caliente. But chocolate is going to be hot, um, by definition. We landed late that night and at last reached Amidaji Temple. The clear, pure moon was just setting. Wind soft, soft, soft in the pines on the mountain behind. And the whole scene so touched the heart. That we stayed a day there before setting off again by boat on the morning of the seventh day. Yeah, we stayed, we stayed, I stayed there because the whole scene so touched my heart. Uh, What, where did you stay? Oh, yeah, it touched our hearts. What? Oh, the baby? Oh, address, Gilman, yeah, it's Sunnyside. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you just show me that mustardy. Okay. So that's nice there. They live, they live in in Sunnyside. Sunnyside is nice in, in a way. It's muy bueno. Sunnyside, yeah, it's the sunny side of town in Sunnyside. Yeah. The whole scene so touched the heart that we stayed a day. Yeah, the scene in the wedding touched, so touched the heart that I watched it again. <laughs> As we went along the straits of Hayato, the boatman told us that there was, this was where the Haiki would have drowned in battle. Yeah, we, I eventually went to, to see all the damage in Ukraine. Oh. And, uh, they had to take, uh, seize all the oil fields in Russia and, and pipe the, the oil, the gas to Europe and then pay the Ukrainians with it. Oh, really? As war repara- reparations to re- rebuild Ukraine. So, so Russia lost all of its gas. Oh, really? Why did you do that? <laughs> They're not going to like that. Well, they were, most of them, those were sent to Siberia. Sort of like a, yeah, some people they're just set to lose. 
I guess usually when you attack someplace, you're bound to lose. Okay. They drowned in battle. How the very oars wept. Uh, salt drops to hear it. Uh, the boat put in at Toyoya. Toyoya. Toyota. The boat put in at Toyota. Toyoya. Where we paused for a while with the priest of Nino Mia Shrine. Going on from there to stay with the priest of Neo at Yushanja Temple. There's so many temples there. I don't know. They're just so full of temples. Yeah. I guess you're destined to go to Japan the way it looks. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that'll help. We had much talk that night of the journey and of the situation in the capital, in Ukraine, and in uh, Kiev. We had much to talk about that night of the journey and the situation in the capital. And the following morning, there was a Ranga gathering. Okay. Yeah, you could have, uh, instead of, uh, say, like television or YouTube, you could have a Ranga gathering. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So we could have a live gathering in the park or something. Okiyokiti toyada sukara shikara kanan. The wintry shower saw me to your door and then swept on. Yeah, I was swept to the door. Once the session was over, the priest, another named Yosho, whom I had known well in the capital and others stayed on and carousing in various ways under the dawn. Today we all went to the mountain retreat of the lay monk Suchi no Mimatsaki, a place called Omini. He was a man of great refinement. Yeah. It, it's so hard now to find a man of great refinement. Yeah. You don't find any? <laughs> no, I haven't found any, so... When are you going to find one? Well, I don't know. <laughs> There was a man of great refinement in his home, was as elegant as the place itself was beautiful. The garden was replete with plum and cherry trees, and he had gathered many hues of flower and plant, surely more exquisite than anything found in the capital. The hedge of white chrysanthemums seemed more frost and flower, was just done in fine full bloom and rich in the gaze, while the leaves tumbling from the trees filled the garden with vibrant color. The following morning, there was a Renga gathering. Our host had hung a beautiful scroll, arranged exquisite flowers, lit incense, and wafted through unextractively and prepared paper imprinted with elegant designs. All was so tasteful that he must have been rather disappointed by my clumsy hoku that introduced the proceedings. Yeah, everything I encounter, like in the house and in the wedding, was was very tasteful, and the only thing clumsy is my podcast and my poetry. Yeah, so you're, you're the only one who's clumsy, yeah. I'm kind of clumsy. He says, Ko garashi o kiku ni wa kana. Stormy winds forgotten at the sight of the chrysanthemum on the mountain path. After we had gone a round of composing, one Chiku Rinte arrived, just as he had promised earlier to do. He was a dedicated follower of the way of poetry, and his presence added greatly to the pleasures of the occasion. Yeah. I guess if you find someone who's dedicated to the way, who has dedicated himself to the path. Oh, okay or the path of poetry, or the way, or the sat-mat, or the path of the masters, or 
Have you found anybody? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Really? Uh, he was a dedicated follower of the way of poetry, and his presence added greatly to the pleasures of the occasion. Yeah, who was that? The following day we played Go and told stories. And the night we judged incense together and we exchanged sake and elegant sake cups and almost impressively refined. Next morning, still rather dazed, we set off once again and our host again revealed his fine sensibility by preparing a litter for the journey through the mountains since the road was so bad. It would be 36 days from the day of our departure until today. Traveling these remote lands, there have certainly been hard roads over mountain and river. And now I have to drink the chocolate. Hmm. Yeah, it's just right now. Huh. What? What is it, Amor? What do you see there? Oh, the that's back in uh, Puerto Rico. Sí, mucha foto repetida, mucho repetida foto. Repetido photos? Sí. Oh, mucho repeats. Uh, well. No tanto. What do you do? Erase them? I don't know. Why don't you copy those from your phone, Amara? You have in the cloud. I don't know how she backs up. I'm going to have to make arrangements. But owing, no doubt, to the benevolence of the country's rulers, we were unhindered by difficult river crossings like those swift rivers of Wu Canyon, nor did we meet with frightening pests like that of taxing. This whole journey has been satisfying in every way. Today, the twelfth month of the tenth month, I returned to my lodgings in Yamaguchi and completed the writing of this carnicle, and I was able to complete this podcast, basically. Oh, good. So you returned home and completed the podcast. Yeah. So that makes me happy. Huh?